0: Welcome fellow pilots and other podcast listeners. I'm your host, Strategic Communication Chairman David Campbell, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about bidding and specifically preferential bidding or PBS. To help me with that, as usual, we have your Negotiating Committee Chairman, Chris Gruner. Hi, Chris. Hey, David. Your Scheduling Committee Chairman, Scott Rubin. Hi, Scott. Hey, Dave. And we're adding here another Scheduling Committee member, Ben Brooks.
1: Hi, David. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. And, and Ben, you're also part of the PBS Working Group,
1: right? That's correct. There's a number of us that have been working on this PBS for, uh, for several years now. Great. And I actually
0: wanted to mention that group. There's a big team who's been addressing this issue. And if you don't mind, I'd like to just introduce them and give credit to the people who have been helping with this.
2: Yeah. You know, you, you already mentioned Ben Brooks and, you know, he's been involved in this from the vendors, is all these guys from the vendor search on through to where we're at today. But Justin Albright, John Owens, Jake Woods, and Dennis Courier have put in a ton of time and effort to not only do the vendor search and give recommendations to the MECA on that, but helping the negotiating committee get the right contract language Attended scheduling conferences where we had direct contact with all the other carriers and talking about PBS and other subject matters, of course, as well. Individual interviews, et cetera, et cetera, with each carrier. So they've done a ton of work. They all had come to us with experience. Ben's run PBS systems before Virgin America. John Owens was part of the negotiation at Horizon to get PBS on property. Dennis Courier. He ran PBS at the airline he worked at before here. Um, and then, you know, even Jake Woods, who does a lot of p- computer programming and stuff like that can understand the internal workings of how these th- systems think and work. So they've been a great team and, uh, really appreciate all the weight of them. So Chris, let's
0: start with you. Give us an overview of what the issue was and what we've been trying to
3: solve in these negotiations and how we ended up with PBS. Yeah, so when we talk about quality of life, the biggest piece of that is our schedules. So that's pairing construction and then how that those uh, trips are then delivered to you in order for you to see what you're going to fly for the month. So once those are you know out there, trading is important. You're looking at flexibility and those kinds of things and all that stuff works together. And we talk about that on another podcast. So today we just want to talk about PBS and then that trip construction component. So we've heard a lot from people that, well, you know, if I have a, a PBS, it's still going to affect my quality of life negatively if the trips aren't constructed correctly. And we agree. So we spent a lot of time working on that to improve our ability and our input to be able to put quality into the trip construction process. So we'll have uh, Scott talk through that here in a little bit and uh, how all that works. And then as far as PBS goes, when we're looking at flexibility and the ability for pilots to be able to fly what they want, PBS is a strong tool to do that, provided that the rules are done in a way that benefits pilots. So I've worked hard to be clear on that point from the beginning and be consistent. And that has been the process that we've worked through during negotiations is to follow that and Make sure that um, we did work hard on rules up front that were uh, clear to you when you're looking at voting on whether this is the contract you want that are clear to the company when they see what the uh, expectations are and how this process is going to be run. So a lot of times when pilots get PBS, it's just a letter of intent basically saying, here are a couple parameters and we'll figure out the rest as we go and implement. That's not what we did here. We have a full rule set, It's modeled off of uh, other airlines and what they've done and then worked to get some unique things for our airline, which we think are uh, beneficial for pilots. On top of that, our PBS team, the ALPA, will be the ones running the solution. So with both of those things together, uh, we're confident that we've got the transparency and the accountability required to have a successful PBS implementation process. And so it would take a few minutes to explain it to you. But again, at the end of the day, just giving you information, you guys make an informed vote and decide how this contract is going to go.
0: And Chris, just to put a fine point on that, I know there's a lot of important things that are required in a PBS system to make it workable and effective. And the PBS Working Group, as well as the Negotiating Committee, have done a lot
3: of work to identify what those things are. And I think you were able to achieve them yeah, you know, the nice thing about having everybody else get this first is that there's a, a consensus around the foundation of PBS and a lot of people have the the core pieces set and it's because it's what works. And so we were able to model off of that, find a nice solid base and then build off of that as we work through this. So I'll have uh, Scott and um, Ben work through those things and the specifics as we go through this podcast.
0: Yeah, okay, great. Well, Scott, let's start with, Just big picture, just in case anyone doesn't know, when we say PBS or a preferential bidding system, what does that mean exactly? What are we talking about?
2: In general, a PBS is just a computer program that builds your monthly schedule off of pilot's preferences. And those preferences could be the type of trip you want, a specific trip, it could be days off, working times a day. All those things can go into your preferences and then in seniority order, it awards you a schedule based off of that as opposed to what we do now is bid a pre-printed schedule for the month.
0: Scott, I think you touched on an important element of this, which is like any computer program, garbage in, garbage out. So part of what needs to go in there in the beginning to make it worthwhile are the types of trips that are available to bid for in the first place. So. What's in the TA to address that step one of this process?
2: Yeah, it's uh, it was super important to us and the NBC in this negotiation to have some true guardrails on our trip construction, what can and can't happen in a, a pairing solution. Remember, regardless of a PBS or line bidding system, the pairings are going to be constructed like they are today in the optimizer. And then however you deliver that system comes out of the optimizer and goes either to line bidding or in this case, PBS. So as most of our pilots, I'm sure where, you know, Alpa has been involved in the pairing construction at this airline for several years. And even back in Virgin America, Jim Tedford was constructing pairings. So we wanted to codify Alpa's involvement in pairing construction in a very affirmative manner. And we've done that in this contract every month, a, cost reference run is gonna be constructed. And as long as we're within a uh, 1% uh, or in three months of the year, 1.5%, Alpha solution will be automatically picked. And that's super important to us to have this cost reference that is not stripped down. It's not overly inflated either on our end, but it's a fair reference of what a pairing solution would cost. And in that, we have some trip distribution boundaries to where you have to have a minimum number of turns and a maximum number of four days. We have commutable trip parameters that must be used so that they have to build commutable trips for our pilots. We have wackle and fatigue mitigation built into the solution. Meaningful connection time language that you can't have more than a three hour sit and you can't connect me less than uh, 30 minutes. We also codified the max number of legs a pilot can be assigned a day or built in a pairing is is four and the other thing too with all these is all these trip construction rules apply to a reserve pilot when they have a pre-scheduling builds them an assignment so in total we've uh really set the bar of coming out of a pairing build with pairings that are going to have true quality of life and some true fatigue mitigation in them And and that was a real important step going into a PBS world where everything is about credit and and pairing quality when you're awarding a a PBS award. Yeah, and I'm just going to
3: add a little bit more to that. When we're talking about that cost reference run, I just want to clarify that the parameters for that are agreed to already. So th- those won't change month to month. So we have an understanding of what that cost reference run will be. And it already has quality built into it to begin with. So the, the cost is like Scott said, a fair one. And then now we have a buffer above that to increase the quality on a monthly basis.
0: Can I like maybe super dumb it down? It is what we're talking about is the company has been, um, they can create their own run without any restrictions. And then we're forced to compete against something that's not an apples to apples comparison. And this is what you're trying to address here so that even if the company's run gets picked, it'll have that stuff baked into it.
3: Yeah, so in short, I think right now, each month the company does a run, we do a run, we compete to see which one gets picked. So moving forward, there's a standard baseline we've already agreed to and as long as we're within and it already has by the way quality built into it and as long as we're within 1% of that cost base basis then they're going to pick our run automatically we no longer have to compete against the companies
2: that's that's exactly right it's it's not a competition or a fight anymore we have codified here's what has to be in that cost reference and as long as we meet that 1% parameter which gives us decent flexibility to make improvements to the schedule with that our Alpa solution gets picked automatically and so it'll just make that whole pairing process go much smoother for the scheduling committee and ultimately provide our pilots with a better pairing solution each bid period
0: is there anything else important in the trip construction that affects PBS
2: yeah not in in our trip construction proposal not in that but also something that is really important to uh The overall solution is the addition of having that average daily guarantee. ADG, as we call it, provides an industry standard solution. I mean, every other major airline has average daily guarantee that addresses specifically the weak credit trips that we have in our bid packet today. And at the same time, it doesn't adversely impact the rest of the trips in the solution that already are paying high credit. So this solves those wackle trips that were, they were three calendar days and only paid 12 hours and only had 12 days off and it pushes them up to a much higher credit level that now that same line will have 14 to 15 days off. So having more credit in those trips because of ADG is also a critical thing that was required for us to be able to be real comfortable moving to PBS.
0: All right, Ben, maybe you could talk about some of the differences between PBS over a traditional line bidding system.
1: Sure, sure. Uh, in th- the very most basic sense, you're taking out the company, you know, you're taking out the middle person with the company, then that in our current system, the company builds a variety of lines and you have to go through the lines and decide which ones, which ones you want. So if you're b- with PBS, you're building your own schedule, so... For instance, if you like two-day trips and you need certain days of the month off, you look through the lines the company's built and maybe there aren't any lines that have the kind of trips you want and the days off. With PBS, you can create that for yourself. So you can still get the kind of schedules that you like, in fact, more so because, again, you're building it yourself. If you commute, you can build longer days of trips, longer blocks of days on, longer blocks of days off, and that sort of thing. so it's it's just a much more versatile way for uh, more pilots on the list to get more of what they want without having to compromise with the lines the company has pre-built for you and there's another uh, really important point that we wanted to make which is uh, with the wider credit window that we've negotiated so the the window between minimum and maximum credit for the month, which is currently 10 hours for lines, 75 to 85 hours, that window is gonna be quite a bit wider with the new system. And so in PBS, pilots are able to bid high time if they want high time, and for every pilot that bids high time, a, a corresponding pilot can bid low time, because it's an average. So it just gives you a much wider available credit range to get the amount of credit that you need or that you want for the month.
2: And I'll add one more um, difference between line bidding and PBS, and that's the time it takes a pilot to ultimately end up with their schedule each month. You know, you go have to go through a line sort of some, somehow, either by hand or you use a program to whittle down the lines that are acceptable to you. Then once you get your line, you're gonna go do first step, second step, and then wait to get to open time trading. And there's a lot of time our pilots spend doing those processes. And Ben, you've processed and awarded PBS awards and ran the system, and I'm glad you're going to be helping on our team running this new one. How long, and I know it's different for different people, but in general, if you had to say an average of how long it takes a pilot under a PBS to submit their bid and be done for the month, potentially, how long does that take?
1: Well, you know, once you're familiar with the program and you can you can actually construct even a standing bid. So you get once you figure out how it works and and you get used to using the system, you might spend an afternoon putting together your bid, and that's literally the only time you need to spend the whole month to build your schedule. And then when the PBS bid is awarded, you get a legal complete schedule, and you're done. No more spending three weeks of every month trying to desperately get a step trade or or drop or, or whatever you just you get your schedule and it's done you, you can spend just a little while doing it
2: would it be fair to say that that most of that time would actually be looking at the pairings to see which ones you wanted to attack specifically but if you just had a general pairing in mind i want hawaii that doesn't fly during these times sure couldn't you be done in 10 minutes
1: oh yeah definitely yeah you know, uh, if it's a simpler bid or or something you do all the time You just, it could literally take you 10 minutes to put your schedule together for the month. So you'd spend that much time every month working on your, or working on your bid.
2: And I'm not saying that our whole, David, our whole concept of going to this was to save guys time bidding. The end result needs to be what we were looking for. And we believe we've built a system to do that. Again, like Chris said, the pilots will decide in ratification, but it is an important point to make the difference between the two is the time a pilot will spend.
0: One of the really important things to consider when deciding whether you want to move to this system is seniority and ensuring that it honors that. So would you talk about seniority as it relates to the PBS system?
1: Well, no, seniority certainly is is paramount on the minds of uh, of most of us. And the PBS system that we've chosen actually works in strict seniority order. It's what's called a sequential system. And it'll award, when it gets to your line, it'll award you any legal and available trips that you preference for. It'll complete your line before it moves on to the guy that's junior to you. There are other PBS systems that we haven't decided to go with that use what's called globalization, where it sort of pours it pours everything into the pot and then it stirs it around and completes lines for people. And, and I think we've all heard from pilots at airlines that use those systems that there are occasions with other systems where seniority is not honored as strictly as it is in a a, uh, sequential system like the one that we have chosen.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that point right now, the choice. Who got to choose and
1: and how did that all come about? Sure. We've been looking, the uh, the PBS Working Group has been looking at various PBS systems around the industry for uh, almost three years. Uh, We've been evaluating the different systems that are available. We've looked at a lot of systems that are used by the other major airlines in the United States. And we've determined that uh, a system called Nav Blue is the one that we're going to go with. The a very well-established PBS system. It's used at many other Alpha carriers, including Delta, JetBlue, Spirit Frontier, Hawaiian. It's also used by the uh, pilots at Horizon and by the flight attendants here at Alaska Airlines. So there are a num- uh, number of advantages to that in that ALPA is very familiar with it. There have been several CBAs negotiated recently with terms relating to NAV Blue, and the company's familiar with it because of the Horizon pilots use it and, and our flight attendants use it as well. So that just gives everybody a really good starting point to, uh, to start working with and negotiating terms for PBS here at Alaska Airlines. In addition, I mentioned NavBlue is a sequential PBS. So it awards schedules in strict seniority order rather than globalizing and making, you know, shifting stuff around to make stuff work. And uh, it's been around, NavBlue's been around for, gosh, 20 years or more. So it's a very robust, it's a very mature system. Lots of options for bidders. You can filter trips. You can, uh, there's different ways to achieve The kind of bids from month to month that you're interested in so it's just a it's a really good system and uh and we're we're happy with it as a choice for us
2: and david i'll I'll add to what ben said Um, we've been looking at this for over three years but even prior to that effort uh, we had the scheduling flexibility group that was looking at it several years ago and um, this last vetting of vendors we interviewed every vendor, we got demonstrations from them, we talked to the pilot groups that used their product and got direct feedback from their unions on what was good, what was bad. A lot of work and time went into this effort and ultimately, all that information was presented to the MEC and the reps made the decision on which one to go with. Yeah, and just to be clear, I mean, you
0: hinted at it, but ALPA and ALPA alone, decided
2: which vendor we would use. Correct. Right from the get-go, it was important to the MEC that we select the vendor, and uh, that's what we've done here.
0: So just recapping, ALPA picked the vendor, and each month when the line is run, ALPA's overseeing and controlling that process.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. So yeah, we picked the vendor, and we also made sure that our ALPA PBS working group members would have a super active and actually control of the PBS wards each month. The company's gonna set the number of lines and reserve pilots that they need to cover the operation. And then from there on out, it will be your ALPA volunteers running the award to try to get the best possible result each and every bid period for for the pilots
0: okay and can you clarify there's there's probably some things that pbs doesn't do that are part of the whole scheduling and awarding process what are some of those
1: right so once once pbs so pbs is used to build hard lines it's also going to be used to build reserve lines and currently with those hard lines it's going to build those reserve lines as it goes along in terms of what pbs is not going to do just to be clear So we've talked about the pairings, the trips will still be built by the pairing optimizer that we've always used. And in addition, you don't use PBS for uh, bidding for training, bidding for vacation, any of those things. And uh, you don't use PBS for any sort of day-to-day scheduling questions or to verify where you're going tomorrow, that sort of thing. Crew access will still be the go-to for that. So PBS is just for building your monthly schedule the month prior.
0: How does PBS deal with the inevitable issue of there may be pairings or dates that are really rather undesirable that nobody probably has asked to pick up? What happens to those types of things?
3: Yeah, David, Christmas is a good example when there's a lot of pilots that are looking to get that particular day off. So at a certain point, the system's going to have to award those trips to somebody. In our system, we have a, a limit on the stack height which means the number of trips that can be left in a day after the PBS system awards all the lines and that unstack height is 6% of the number of lines awarded so I know it's kind of a tough concept but just know that there's a limit on you know how high they're gonna let the uncovered trips stack up before they start giving them to pilots and so now the way they're gonna do that is uh, well first we have some seniority protection so in a month with a holiday the top 50% of the uh, bid block holders won't get unstacked on. It won't happen. And then on a month without a holiday, the top 70% of the bid block holders won't get unstacked on. So there's just strict protections on those lines. Now, when they do start awarding it, the system's gonna take a look ahead of time, essentially. It's gonna predict how high the stack is gonna be based on people's preferences and everything on a given day. And then it's going to start with the top of that list so basically the senior most person it's going to be able to tell the senior most person that's they're going to have to unstack to. and it's going to do its best to give that pilot a trip on that day in accordance with it, that pilot's preferences and then it's just going to keep moving down the list so even in this process of unstacking it's going to do everything it can to honor seniority along the way
0: Chris, maybe you can address this concern I have. I I just want to make sure that I'm not going to get unstacked on out of seniority.
3: So that's a good point. So the system is at times, right, going to have to award trips to people who don't want those trips on that day. However, it's going to do its absolute best still to award it in seniority order. And so it does protect seniority
2: all the way down the list. You running the award though... Will have much more control of how much gets unstacked and lessen the impact as much as possible. Is that not true?
1: Yes, correct. And the fact that we have control over the uh, over the award of these of these lines means that we can keep an eye on these unstacking trips and keep the negative impact of them to an absolute minimum. And as Chris mentioned, the rules we have controlling unstacking, the amount of unstacking that we have to do. Are are in line with the industry, or in some cases even even industry leading in terms of what we uh, what we can do with unstacking. So the uh, us having control over it is huge here. Yeah, I mean
0: we see something comparable in line bidding, right? There's certain number of lines that have. I mean, let's just say there's a trip over Christmas, and nobody really prefers that, but someone's going to have to
2: fly it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Somebody's going to have to fly Christmas. Somebody's going to have to fly the trip that's published. Somebody has to do the work. And at least under this system, we will have much more control over it and be able to take care of it better than it's been in line bidding.
1: And if I might add, the pilots will have much better control over it too. Rather, you know, you still have, you still get to apply your seniority. If you have to get a trip that works on an undesirable date, you still have the ability to use your seniority to exercise a choice of which of those trips that might be open you would rather have. So it's just more control on the part of the pilots as well. As you're
0: bidding, you could say, like let's take Christmas for example, I'm trying to get Christmas off and I I try to get it first through uh, having a line and if I can't get that, then I'll just put me on reserve and, and maybe I can get that day off as a reserve pilot and then you say, but if I still can't
1: get it off, then give me a line again. Right, and if I have to work on, let's just say Christmas, then I would rather have a trip that, for instance, starts late. Or maybe I want to pick a trip that finishes early on Christmas Day, something like that. So you do have these choices that you get to make rather than just picking from the worst of the lines that are left over when it gets to you.
0: So a few minutes ago, you mentioned that PBS does not do the vacation award. But obviously, once you have a vacation, that's going to have to get shoved into your schedule. And so PBS will be working with vacation. What will that look like?
2: So under a pbs system there's no longer any conflicts or trip drops due to vacation days because the pbs is going to ward your schedule around vacation so we took steps in our pbs system to uh in enhance your vacation let's say or give the pilot more flexibility at how to use their vacation so ben would be perfect because him and the pbs working group they spent a lot of time on this issue to get this dialed in. So Ben, you know, there's three or four different ways that vacation can be handled. Do you want to touch on those?
1: Yeah, for sure, Scott. So first of all, in order to maximize your vacation, we're going to have a separate credit window in months where you have vacation. It's going to be a lower credit window that pilots will have the option to bid. And what this generally does is it just allows you to get the most days off, in a month by keeping your credit at the very lowest possible end of the uh, credit window. That'll allow you to get additional days off. We've also added into the contract something that we're calling inviolate days, which are uh, a number of days you can place on either end of your official vacation days that are basically guaranteed days off. So the, the PBS will not schedule you for anything on those days, so you can use those days to extend your vacation and get a longer block of days off surrounding those vacation days. That sort of makes up for not having trip drops specifically. And also in nav blue, there are a couple of other tools that are available to help you increase the utility of your vacation. We're applying something called virtual credit, which means that the system will think that your vacation day is worth more than it actually is. So we'll it will award you less credit from trips and thus maximizing your time off. And finally, uh, as a sort of a last layer, there is a function in nav blue called vacation any, which if you don't have any particular days in the month where you wanna use your vacation, this allows the system to slide those days around within the month to get you the most desirable schedule while still giving you the credit And the days off for your vacation um that's a great summary of
3: all the different vacation tools yeah if you have five or more days consecutive of vacation in a month so you'll be able to use those first two tools and so i think it's important to point out when you're uh taking a look at that lower credit window first of all what that functionally allows you to do is not put extra time around your vacation in a month so it allows you to bid days off using your vacation and then not slam the rest of your month with trips like a lot of times we have to do now to fill in around that credit so it's helpful in order to uh, get around that issue and then pbs because of the way it's built right it can build trips right up to your vacation and so when we're talking about those uh you call them the inviolate days if for each block of five up to two blocks so if you have five consecutive days of vacation, another five consecutive days of vacation, then you get two inviolate days for each of those blocks. And so that means you can put those on either end of your vacation block and protect those days from having trips built up right up against your vacation. So it allows you to kind of plan better around that stuff. And then, like you mentioned, when you add that credit, for each day of vacation up to the first seven, Now what you're doing is uh, adding another hour to the credit that they're applying. So, again, it pushes the credit lower that is applied to your line and, again, creates even more space around your vacation than just the low window by itself. So I guess all that to say, these tools are designed, first of all, to let you fly less on a vacation month, and then secondly, to make sure that you don't have trips butting right up against vacation. So that's the shorthand account of all that stuff.
2: Yeah. The thought process or the, uh, the way a PBS system looks at this, um, these are ways to make it give you days off next to your vacation or make it think that your vacation is more powerful than it is. So you get into the credit window sooner and it stops putting trips on your line. Is that kind of the summation of that as well, Ben?
1: Right. I'd agree with all of those, with all those comments. Yeah. yeah. That's encouraging.
0: When at my last property, when I had that on a month where we had vacation, you would often end up having less days off than a regular month. And that was a problem obviously. So it sounds like these things will address that issue. Yes, it will. So I want to ask a question that I'm not sure if it's only related to PBS, but a part of some of the other areas of the contract, which is how much choice and flexibility will we have under how many days we work in any given month?
2: Yeah, David, there's several areas that ALPA has negotiated that will allow um, pilots to bid a much wider range of working days and credit totals each month. This will give you the choice, the pilot, the choice to work less, work more, you know, just depending on your individual preference, and, and we understand that that changes every bid period, right? Um, one month you, you might want to work less, one month you might want to work more, and you know we want to provide that flexibility. With the PBS, the credit window is much wider, like Ben spoke about earlier, and you know that allows the pilot to bid higher or lower credit, pre-assigned days and what we mean by that is like you have vacation next month or recurrent training, you know, they're going to have a higher value than we had in our last contract. Another change is, um, uh, hundred percent deadhead credit we will increase average days off as well. And by that, you know, um, we saw a pairing, uh, we were looking at that had deadhead in it. And after it was a four day trip, It blocked about 17 hours. But because of the deadhead, once it's full credit, that trip's going to credit a pilot 32 hours. So, I mean, these trips are going to get more powerful, is my point. And combine that with average daily guarantee, you know, we we negotiated with the company that in PBS system of bid block holders guaranteed to get no less than 12 days off in a 30-day month and 13 days off in a 31-day month. You know, our projection is probably going to hit the credit window and at minimum have 14 days off, if not more under this new system. So ultimately, weren't real concerned about that restriction for the days off. But point being, all these things go in the pot to make a much more robust scheduling system.
0: Scott, could I summarize that? That within the confines of an individual pilot seniority, what's different about this new contract language is it, it allows that greater flexibility and it honors pilot's choice if if they want a month where they're flying less and their seniority can hold that that those days off are protected and, and there are systems that protect that conversely if they'd rather fly more pack more into a particular month they can do that too
2: yeah david that's exactly right
0: ben one of the things i read were these golden days off and that's a new term to me could you explain what that is
1: yeah, sure, David. Uh, golden days off, or GDOs as we're calling them, are pre-assigned unpaid days off that you can place into your schedule ahead of time to ensure that you get a couple of days off that you might need. So this will be useful for situations, uh, maybe you want to extend your vacation, maybe you want to uh, get an anniversary or a birthday, something like that off. So you, you'll you get these pre pre-ass- basically pre-assigned days off. It, it's not going to give you any more days off, you can just put them somewhere specific to to ensure that the the PBS doesn't give you a trip on those days. Uh, you're gonna get six of them to use every year. Uh, you can assign them in blocks of two or three, and the, the way this is gonna work is when Vacation Trading opens the previous, uh, I guess it's November, uh, you'll also have these GDOs available and you can start putting them into your schedule up until, two months before the month where they will fall. And you'll be able to sort of more or less guarantee uh, that you can get a certain day or days off that you need through the year. So
2: if I give maybe an example, David, when the window opens for the golden days off, I get in there. It's first come first serve. I grab two days off over my daughter's birthday weekend. And then when the system awards, when the PBS awards, my, my, schedule for that month. It's not like Ben said, it's not going to give me any additional days off. It's just going to ensure that two of my days off are on my daughter's birthday weekend. And it'll build the schedule, the rest of the schedule around that.
0: Ben, I think something that's been frustrating to pilots is in our current system, the ability to flex up and where it's written in the contract of where they may, of course, for a several years running, they've always done that and flexed up as much as they can each year how does pbs interact with that issue or that concept
1: right so under under a pbs system the idea of the credit average each month is handled differently than it is under line bidding there's no more really flex months and regular months it's just there's a, uh, a line average window that we've negotiated. It's an industry standard window. So every month and every base and seat, the average of all the lines in that status need to be within this credit window. So that allows the company some room to increase credit in busy months and decrease credit in less busy months. And so to prevent them from using a high credit average month in and month out, there's a second average that we use called the trailing line value, which is the average of the line averages, if you will, for the past 12 months running. So for what that does is, if the company uses a very high line average one month, then they're gonna have to use a correspondingly low line value in another month every 12 months to keep it in that lower average. There's a governor
2: on what they can put on the schedules with the trailing line value. And that governor is, you can't put high at line averages on the pilot group every single month. Otherwise, you'll exceed the trailing line value and that, that would be the violation. So our protection, the governor for high months is the TLV.
0: Without TLV, you could just essentially slowly ratchet up the line value every month until it was 100 hours a month, right? It
1: wouldn't even be slowly. ALV is for the company to allow them to shift up and down as they need. And TLV is for the pilots to protect us from them going nuts every month.
0: So I've got another question that I I would imagine are on a lot of people's mind is, uh, having faith that the company can actually implement this. There have been things that they haven't implemented very well or very timely. And so what can we expect with this?
3: Yeah. So first of all, we have a third party that's going to be working through this process with us and driving it in a lot of ways. So NavBlue is going to be running it. The program will be on their servers. And so, and plus we have a lot of the language now constructed, so we don't have to work through that process. So all of that stuff should help move this along and give a lot of kind of firepower towards getting that done and complete. And then on uh, top of that, we have our PBS working group. They'll be on full time drops to keep driving it as well, and so they'll just be focused on making sure this gets done in a timely manner. So along the way, um, for pilot resources and making sure that everybody's ready and understands, you know what PBS is before day one starts. You know, there's going to be a lot more education coming out as we get closer. We'll have pilots available to answer questions specifically in crew rooms and on the phone, and we'll be able to push out information that way. And then we're also going to run a minimum of two parallel bids to line bidding, just so people can understand how PBS bidding works before they roll into actually doing it in a way that affects their month. So all of these things together, I think will help make sure that it goes rather quickly, hopefully, and uh, also is smoothly implemented. I know the people that we have on ALPA that are working through this have a lot of experience working with PBS in the past. And all that, again, will be a good resource for our pilot group as we move into this.
0: Yeah, and by the way, on that parallel bid, there's an incentive to participate. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so pilots will get paid a little extra. It's, not, it's not mandatory to put in a, a PBS bid as well as your line bid on those. It, two months or however many it ends up being
3: yeah and that's just to make sure that we have a broad participation and so uh it makes sure that the bid you get is valid (laughs) when you look at it and uh, also make sure people are paying attention and know uh, what their life is going to look like so we want to make sure people are invested in this process
0: all right well thanks a lot there's a lot in this section Uh, chris maybe you want to recap what we've talked about
3: yeah, of course. So uh, again, we know that this is a, a big issue for pilots. So it was something we worked on very intentionally, very carefully, worked hard for uh, to make sure we had transparency and accountability working through this whole process. And again, just to reiterate, we built our core using standard industry practices that have worked well for pilots and then have built off of that, I think, some unique provisions that should work well to help pilots with flexibility and quality of life. We worked hard to make sure that this is a system that improves our quality of life and we're confident that it will indeed do
2: that. To Chris's point that, you know, the PBS working group guys, I I just want to, one, again, these volunteers really worked hard to try to get this right for our pilot group and Ben Brooks and Justin Albright and John Owens, Jake Woods and Dennis Courier. Without their experience and and their labor on this and starting back at the vendor search, doing a ton of work to provide the negotiating committee with important language and concepts to get negotiated to make this system work for Alaska pilots. uh, They did a great job and they work really hard. And so I just want to throw out the thanks for all that they've done for us.
0: Yeah. And Scott, as long as you bring those guys up, I would like to take this opportunity to describe a resource that we have for pilots called the PBS Hotline. This is a phone number where pilots can call to get their questions answered, and it will be staffed by those very guys you just mentioned and yourself. As you say, those guys are experts in PBS systems in general and in the one that ALPA has chosen in particular, and they can be a great resource if anyone has a particular question. And I would really encourage pilots to take advantage of that, especially if, like me, you're used to bidding in our current system and you've developed techniques to achieve what you want in your next month schedule. I think there's a lot of pilots, I've talked to them on the coffee sits, that are concerned about whether that technique that they have right now will be transferable into any new system so if you are wondering how am i going to be able to do x y or z or even can i do x y and z in a pbs system please call these guys and get that question answered we have other resources available to you at the website alaskapilots.org and there's some important things on there there's a faq document that will cover more of these things and questions about other topics. There'll be a form where you can ask questions, an executive summary of the TA, and there will be the full language TA as well. The voting instructions will be there, the voting open and closed dates will be there, and the roadshow schedule. Basically, that alaskapilots.org will be a one-stop shop for all the information you need about the tentative agreement. The PBS hotline number, is 833-ALA-PBS1. Again, 833-ALA-PBS1, or just for the number, 833-252-7271. And of course, that information and links to these things are also in the show notes. In addition to that resource, I want to encourage everyone to call their block rep if they have questions about any other topic on the tentative agreement or really anything else ALPA-related. And with that, I'd like to thank you guys for the work you've been doing, and thank you for coming in today. Thanks for having me, David. Thanks, David. I'd also like to thank all our pilots and other listeners for taking the time to listen to this podcast today. This concludes another episode of the Alaska Pilots Podcast. I'm your host, Strategic Communications Chairman David Campbell.